Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hello, I'm Russ Weaver. And I'm Aubrey Bullock-Nieper, and we're here in North Carolina at the Cowboy Church's Roundup Revival. And you notice we've done that every time like that is because <laughs> she says that better than I do. It's hard to get that out. And it, we, we have some outtakes about it too. So it's a Roundup Revival with the Cowboy Churches yes. here. And man, it's been so fun to be here. Uh, we've, of course, we've done this in a couple of days and you're only gonna get, get to see it in probably four months worth. But uh, the thing here is tonight is gonna be kind of the wrap up of the roundup and, and the second half of my message on God's blessings. Mm -hmm. And w when we think of God's blessings, we always think, always think of the good things, right? Yep. So if I say, oh, I'm so blessed, you think of... You got everything you need. You got everything you want. You're, yeah, it's yep. working for you. <laughs> it's working for you. But when, when, uh, when you look at some of those guys in the, in the Bible, like Job, you say, was Job blessed? And you have to say yes, yeah. because in so many ways he was. But how did he how did he go through the transition, basically change a life kind of stuff and get to the other side of that? And it, it came through tests and trials. And mm -hmm. man, some of those tests and trials are the things that bring us close, closest to God. And we have to have them yes. with, because blessings are contingent on maturity that we learned last week. So yeah. I'm excited about preaching this deal on message. Do you, I mean, on blessings, we'll be back in just a second. Just don't go away. The everlasting hills of Oklahoma They hold a million treasures to be found Statues in the sky like to have a little land under your feet? Huh? Listen to this song. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. 
trees and listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please, don't fence me in, just turn me loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies. On my cayuse, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences and gaze at the moon till I lose my senses. Can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences. Don't fence me in. Some of these dancing Baptists would be out there right now, wouldn't you, Pastor? <laughs> You're thinking about it, ain't you? <laughs> I wanna ride to the ridge where the west commences and gaze at the moon till I lose my senses. Can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences. I believe that prayer moves the heart and the hand of God. And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking your request before him more than one time. You've prayed and the mountain hasn't moved. You've done everything that you know to do. You just knew your miracle would come But so far it seems Nothing has been done He's always had your very best at heart He's rescued you when life's been really hard You've never faced a battle he can't win Ask him again Though the storm around you rages You are never on your own He's standing right beside you When it seems all hope is gone You can talk to him just as you would Your very closest friend Ask him again Ask him again How precious is the time upon our knees When we bring to him our every care and need he knows the valley you were walking in. Ask him again. Though the storm around you rages, you are never on your own. He's standing right beside you when it seems all hope is gone. You can talk to him just as you would. Your very closest friend, ask him again. 
ask him again don't be afraid to ask him one more time he's merciful and good he's patient and he's kind though the storm around you rages you're never on your own he's standing right beside you when it seems all hope is gone you can talk to him just as you would your very closest friend ask him again Ask him again. Ask him again. Ask him again. Show him the sincerity of your heart. It's okay. Ask him again. But the problem is, is we get caught up in all the riffraff and rigmarole and this and that of all the stuff. But God says, if my people who are called by my name will, it's a huge word, humble themselves and pray. You know, the only reason that there's darkness in our community, the only reason that there's evil allowed in our community is not because of everybody else bringing the bad stuff to our schools and neighborhoods. It's because of us not bringing in and ushering in the presence of God because of our time that we spend in prayer. If you tell me how bad your community is, I can tell you how little your churches pray. Have you ever been around people who do not teach their kids to obey? How many, of you, how many of you have had at least one bad experience with kids that are unruly, that will not obey their parents? How many of you enjoyed that? There's not a lot of communities or cultures in the United States that think like you do about disciplining and raising your kids. That's almost a lost science. But you can bring it back. Say, oh, are you in favor of spanking your kids? You bet I am. Am I in favor of doing it while you're mad? Absolutely not. If I'm going to spank a kid, it's because that child needs it and he needs discipline. Now, one of the, and I'll give you an example. One of the things about horses is that it's equal resistance for equal pressure. What, what that means is, is if he's starting to run off, you start to hold him. He goes into the bit. That doesn't mean you tear his head off. That means you hold still until he gives in. When he gives in, you release it. If he pushes at 40 pounds of pressure, he gets 40 pounds of pressure to hold him. If he goes to 100, he gets 100. If he gets to about 150 or 200, he's going to quit pretty quick if you don't change. And he'll give in when he gives in. What you've done is disciplined equal pressure for equal resistance. And, and if you can keep your cool about that, if you'll raise your kids like that, equal punishment for equal stupidity. It's not a heavy, difficult concept. But don't do it when you're mad. That's not, that's not the way God expected you to do things.
In, uh, in the Bible, we, we read about the blessings of Israel. You know that Israel is an example of, of who we are individually. Israel, when they, when they left the promised land, it's a type of salvation. The Red Sea, when they crossed the Red Sea, that's a, tri that's a type of, of being saved and being baptized and initiated. And then the, the desert is a training program. And then we crossed over into the promised land, and sometimes, sometimes people get trained pretty fast, but most of us, it takes a while. And it took 40 years, and get this, for the old man to die. And that's what the Bible calls our old nature. You can get saved, but man, 40 years later, there's still some of that old man we're having to put to death. We're, we're going through a process of killing that old man off, me, what the, the carnal nature, they resist God. And, and when I finally get that... When I finally get that cleared out, there's a really cool thing that happens. I get to cross the Jordan on dry ground, and I get to enter in to the promised land. And the promised land is this. That's a place of God's blessings. The promised land for all of us is after we've gone through training program, discipleship programs, and all of that, there's a day when God speaks to our, our heart, and he shows to us and reveals to us why in the world we were created and what we were put on the face of the earth to accomplish and to do. And when we get that, we understand what it's like to begin to operate and live in God's blessings. Now, sometimes it gets revealed a little at a time, but it's God's blessings. And here's a really funny thing. You know, Israel, even after they entered the promised land, they went through ups when they served God and did really good. And then they went through downs when they didn't do good. And God had to just withdraw his blessings as they were in a, a, a deal of disobedience. You can be in the middle of God's calling doing exactly what God wants you to do, and you begin to do it on your own stuff and not how God intended you to do it, and God begins to suck his blessings out of the process, and all of a sudden you realize you've messed everything up. Oh, you're so repentant. You turn back around and say, God, I really messed it up, really messed it up. We go back, and God's mercy is, here we go again. We get to a point, we're enjoying God's blessings, and we... Uh, hey, listen, how many of you are over 70 years old? Just a little, 70 years old. Okay, how many will deny that you've had some of these since you find out what you were created to do? You had some ups and downs. You had some, I'm really in, I'm sold on this thing, and then all of a sudden things didn't work out. And, um, I don't know what to do now. I just feel like I messed everything up. I, and then you're back in, and then you're back. Guys, that's what life is. That's what life, that's what Israel taught us. Now, Here's, here's the thing. At, at our church, we've figured out something that what's good for an individual is good for a family. If an individual will serve God, it allows God's blessings to rest on that individual. If a person can lead his family to serve God, then God's blessings will rest on that family. And here's, here's a little secret. The numbers are this, and you can prove anything with statistics, but this is profound. 80, I think it's right at 87% of the people who are raised in a family whose father is the spiritual leader of the family, 87% of the time when those children leave home, they stay in church. When the mother is the spiritual leader of the family, only 17% of the people 
stay in church. Now, guys, I'm not being critical here, but God has designed in a, in a family that a man be the spiritual leader. Man, some of you women, you haven't had a choice. You've had to be the spiritual leader because your old man hasn't got rid of his old man. Sometimes you've had to take the lead, and I'm proud of you for that. But we know that God designed the man to be the spiritual leader. And when the man will be the spiritual leader, there are a lot better chances, a lot better chances for kids to end up continuing in their plan of walking with God and continuing this process of bringing blessings on the world. God will bless people if they serve God. He will bless families that serve God. He'll bless churches who prioritize God. He will bless communities who recognize God living in the communities and don't take prayer out of their schools and don't take prayer out of their public stuff. You know what I like about watching the Cowboy Channel? Every one of them starts with what? They start with prayer. They start with prayer. Do you know why God is blessing them? Because in spite of our culture being a bunch of knuckleheads, we still are knuckleheads in favor of God. They believe in God. They're just not living for him. They know that God's there. They know that they have respect for him. You shouldn't talk bad about him. They're just not living it yet. You know what it takes for cowboys to live for God? All they have to do is recognize that he's their only way out and that he really did die on the cross for them. And when they accept him, they stand up. They don't have to redo all of their theology. They just stand up and say, yeah, we understand this. And they're already sold out for him. That's the reason cowboy churches work. So the blessings are reserved for the righteous. Blessings are reserved for the righteous, and the righteous bring the blessings on the people who are affiliated. You realize that you are a covering for other people to bring blessings, but they are reserved for the righteous. The righteous are the ones who initiate God's blessings on everybody and everything else. It's through you that God's blessings will either come to this county or leave. It's an obligation. You're in charge of bringing God's blessings. Job 23 is the last part. His blessings are often clarified in times of trials and testings and in endurance. Job chapter 23.10 talks about Job being a person that was blessed. But he talks about all the things that went through. And in all of these things, Job sinned not, nor blamed God. And in the process of it, God not only brought his blessings back to Job, double everything he ever had, but his blessings affected all the people that were in the neighborhood too. Job brought God's blessings back to the people who were Job's friends. In order for them to get forgiveness, they had to ask Job for forgiveness. And when they did, Job was allowed to bring his blessings back to them. Blessings are a big thing, guys. Do you know, do you know how, many, how many difficulties in the Old Testament there were because somebody wanted their dad's blessings? They were tangible. It's not some mystical thing. They're tangible. God... 
I mean, guys, you need to realize that God's blessings can be seen when you operate in them. Remember when the Ark of the Covenant was taken and then it, it, it got a hold of the guy and he died and they left it at the guy's place? What did the Bible say about the Ark living in his place? It says God blessed him. And it was so evident in a couple of months you could see God's blessings resting on that guy and making a difference in that guy's place and on his family. God's blessings are what your job to bring to this community is all about. Bringing God's blessings. How can you do that? It's through obedience. And oftentimes they're clarified for us in times of trials and testings and enduring those trials. We've, we've been so blessed down through the years, every once in a while, God will do something really special for us. One of the things that, that uh, early on, when we, uh, my brother and I first started this thing, we went to a little place in Brush, Colorado. And afterwards, there's this guy named Woodrow, last name Woodrow. And he came up to us and began to visit. He goes, I'd like to give you a horse. Then his next words, if you can catch him, you can have him. So you guessed it. We went out to see where he was. Little brown stallion that had never been touched. So we get this stallion with the, with these mares and our rope horses, and we get we go over the mountains in Colorado. We end up in Colburn, Colorado, where Dad was, and Dad's got this. Dad raised really nice horses. He's got this entrance into his place. It says Plateau Valley Ranch. It's a registered quarter horses and paints, and then he had a big nice wooden round pin there where he'd always put his nice horse out during the day as kind of an advertising kind of thing. And when dad comes home, I could see him, and I kind of figured this might happen, but I looked at him and he looked at that horse. This, this horse's head, it looked like a backhoe. It was, it was one of these kind. And his croup, he had a really nice croup. It was built really nice, except for his tail set was about halfway up in the middle of it. But, but uh, other than that, he was gorgeous. And, and so dad looks at this registered quarter horses and paints. He looks down the sees of this horse. Dad says, well, what are you going to do with him? And I said, dad, we're going to do what we do on every horse. We're going we're gonna to rope. And I said, uh, but right now we got to get him broke. So that's the only pin that can hold him. He's, he's, pretty, he's pretty wild. So next day, we're going to start breaking him. I get in the pen with him. I get him, ro I get him roped, and I can kind of lead him around. And when I had him in a cross tie, when he got scared, he'd run that back hind leg up right around his ears, and he could step right over that rope. There's a lot of experiences. I can tell you stories about that horse, a lot of them. But in the end, we sold him to a guy who was roping in the senior pro rodeo, won the average at the senior pro finals on him, and tie down calf roping. What we did is, in spite of the trials, in spite of the testings, in spite of the endurance, we developed something that was a blessing to somebody that needed him and it made a difference in their life and our connection with blessings is found in our gratitude when we find something that God gives to us and we know it's him giving that to us what we do is we take that and we develop it to where it becomes a blessing to the next person and the next person and the next person and God knows how to take the difficulties and turn them into blessings and you'll never figure it out but if you'll live in a state of gratitude over everything God calls you to do it'll make a big difference It'll make a huge difference in your walk with God. 